0: Welcome back to Thoughts on the Social World, the Social World podcast. I'm Dave Niven. And as always, it's a, a pleasure to have your company. Now, we've just celebrated, as we talked over the last two or one or two podcasts, um, 10 years of podcasting. And 152 this will be. And this is a very special one, somebody because it's somebody that I actually did an interview with 10 years ago at the beginning, the beginning days of the podcast. And he's just as active as ever. And he's just as influential as ever. And it's a pleasure to talk to Peter Garston. Welcome, Peter. Hi. Now, Peter, you're a solicitor consultant. Now, it's got Moncrief solicitors. But as well as that, you're the president of the Association of Child Abuse Lawyers, which gets you involved in all sorts of strategic, uh, as well as kind of operational and day-to-day casework. Um, I mean, that, that really covers the landscape of it. So, do you feel as if you're actually in the middle of things, or are you still sort of um, not sure what's going on, if it's coherent policy on child abuse all around?
1: Well, I I guess it's nearly 30 years since I started doing child abuse work and uh, over 40 years since I qualified as a solicitor. So I Mm. guess you'd say that I'm near the end of my career, but uh, I don't feel as though I'm at the end. (laughs) Uh, I feel very much in the midst of monumental change afoot uh, for the better. Um, Oh, right because sure. uh, if if there's one thing that the type of work I do is, that is forever changing. Um, and there was monumental change in the beginning because uh, I was one of the first in 1994 to do child abuse cases, uh, mm-hmm. acting for uh, claimants or victims or survivors, however you yeah. want to term them. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And therefore for the first, for at least 10 years, we were inventing uh, new ways of working in a, a new and developing area of law and practice um, when there were no rules. So we were having to invent all the rules using basic legal principles uh, and basically the law doesn't, wasn't enacted uh, to cope with child abuse cases um, because they didn't exist you know I am um, by speciality a personal injury lawyer which means that I deal with uh, the way in which an mm-hmm. event has harmed somebody um, but this is a very niche and and, and specialist area of uh, personal injury law where most of the injury is psychiatric rather than um, physical
0: yeah Um, can we can we just go into it a bit more Uh, i mean um maybe if you could explain some of the um the responsibilities that you have as president of the um association of child abuse lawyers
1: well the the association is set up or was set up by me and others back in 1998 Mm. to provide the best quality of service uh and, and the most empathetic type of service for uh, a very different type of client, namely the victim-stroke survivor of abuse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have a code of practice which um emphasises that we have to not only take instructions in in the transactional way that lawyers do, but also to be empathetic towards the needs. Um, and demands of some very men- damaged uh, clients yeah. who have mental health problems um, we have to give them the best possible advice, we have to pursue rigorously all um, avenues of cases and uh, we are committed to uh, fighting for changes in the law uh, where change is necessary for the benefit of the the victim rather than the abuser. Um, We don't act for the other side. We don't act for local authorities or owners of uh, care homes. Um, We only act for the victim uh, of abuse. So um, as as president of the association, it's my responsibility uh, to keep all the ducks in a row, I suppose. Uh, and um, lead uh, by example and um, provide training to new recruits and continuous training to uh, existing members of the association.
0: How Um, much of it, can I just interrupt you a second there, but just to ask you to expand on something there. Um, When you started out back in the 90s, did you have any kind of difficulty in terms of um working with children in other words you know because it's quite a special area specialist area of of work especially traumatized children and do, do you and your members now get help training support in in that especially the newer ones
1: yeah i mean th- th- there are two uh elements to the training one is legal and transactional which is the same as any other type of law but yeah. the other very important part is uh how to deal with the client because the majority of our clients are actually aged between 35 and 50 um we, so we, that
0: this is this is oh, i see okay historic okay yeah yeah
1: and we do act for children and we have quite a lot of cases referred to us by the official solicitor where Uh, the local authority hasn't looked after um, children properly uh, Mm -hmm. when um, going through the care process. But majority of our clients are between 35 and 50. um, They finding it impossible uh, to deal with the psychological trauma uh, of pursuing a claim at the time. And it's often not until later life, where a life-triggering event such as childbirth or uh, having a, a child of the same age as the client was when they're abused acts as a trigger uh, to um, encourage them to do something about their past. Um, and obviously, you know, one doesn't start looking at one's past usually until middle age.
0: <laughs> until then,
1: one looks forward rather than backwards. Um, so so yes we we do have specialist training uh, to explain the uh, psychological dynamics of abuse how it affects the individual and how to deal with them in the correct way to avoid triggering them into trauma or making the life worse rather than better
0: yeah okay well look how about the bit about um the representation. I mean, I, I don't know, what, what do you call them, class actions, or do you, is that an Americanism? I'm not quite sure. When you had a group of kind of people together who've been um, perhaps badly done by, by some institution or authority.
1: Well, uh, yeah, class actions is an American term, though yeah, right. some, sometimes and often used by the newspapers uh, in England and Wales, uh, though the civil procedure rules call them group actions, and they are uh, quite common, particularly in um, if you're dealing with a career uh, sex offender mm-hmm. or paedophile uh, mm-hmm. who, has, who has worked at an institution or in institutions for a long time. Um, and the, one of the, the, the important elements of uh, a group action is uh, a common issue of fact or law. So, the common issues of fact with group actions are the fact that a number of individuals have been abused by one person, or that the abuse happened at a particular location, Mm -hmm. um, or that they all have the same type of legal issue to be determined. Uh, For example, whether mr so-and-so who was the abuser was actually employed by the organization or not and there right. are legal arguments about that and obviously it saves time and money to try that issue only once rather than 150 uh, times i mean one of the largest group actions that i uh, have dealt with in my career was one against um manchester city council for abuse that happened at uh A number of their children's homes
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, which was registered down uh, in the law courts in london uh, Mm -hmm. as the manchester city council group action and i think there were have been over the years 800 claimants in that group so that's a very large group but some of the groups are as small as you know 10.
0: Um, it sounds like you've got a lot of experience in that and i I kind of guessed you would have because you know, it's not it's not uncommon. Although I, I, you know, I don't know the kind of that sort of landscape, if you like, intimately. But I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of experience in that. But look, we've got to, I, I've got so many other things I want to ask you as well. When I first started in child protection, it was back in the nineteen seventies. You know, I think it was still then called over chastisement or something ridiculous then. But effectively, there's always been change of some kind when there was a shock to the collective system and that's I mean I know we got Maria Caldwell in the 70s but effectively before that there was a little boy called Dennis O'Neill in 1945 (laughs) that was killed when he was by a foster carer um terrible terrible story I did a, a BBC um documentary on it and the um Shock to the Nation was just like Baby P was, if you remember that, you know? Yeah. The whole thing, and and even it promoted, people don't realise this, but Agatha Christie was so um, taken with the whole story that she wrote The Mousetrap. Oh, right. And people don't realise that that inspired that. And we took the surviving brother of the boy who was killed to see the mousetrap for the very first time. And he was in 70s, 70s then, whatever, 80s, whatever. But um, it was a, a, a thing that shocked the nation and fostering panels were set up and local authorities by law. They had to have three women on them by law. And the whole thing moved and moved and moved till you got to the 47 Act, which was the big one. But it was a beginning of a momentum, the shock to the system. And I wondered over the years, what one stand out for you? In terms of things that have lurched the system forward a bit and made things a little bit better.
1: Well, I guess um, that there are there are two major impetuses um, that, that have changed things. Um, and the first one was what brought all this to a head, which was the massive police investigation into children's homes all over the country. I mm-hmm. think that was that probably uh, uh, hit its height in around 97, 1997, say 1995 to 2000. Uh, and at one time, 41 out of 43 police forces had a major child abuse investigation on their patch. Um, and there was a huge logistical operation necessary to try and work out um, where the different uh, police organisations overlapped and had uh, links with each other. Um, and that brought about uh, a great degree of shock and, and, uh, and, and, and awe. Uh, in the public, who could mm, hardly, yeah. hardly believe uh, that this had been happening um, in in our children's homes, which is largely where it was, and it was thought.
0: And what um, about the other one you mentioned?
1: D- the other one
0: uh,
1: is Jimmy Savile and the. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Investigation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was, I think, 2010. And and that brought about a huge change in the way police dealt with uh, criminal prosecutions. Um, And and coupled with that and following on from that was the sexual exploitation uh, gang um, treatment of girls, largely. Yeah. Also boys uh, in some of our towns and cities. So I, I guess you could call that three.
0: Um, well, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more, but these were probably the first two that came to the top of your head. And, and I, but I appreciate there's probably plenty more. I mean, all, all the names of the individual children would would seem familiar if we kind of just took a moment or two to think back on some of them. But I mean, it's the changes that's happened. But I want to know from you because we're, we're not too far from the end, but. There's a whole new challenge these days to those in the front line. So whether it's solicitors or whether it's social workers or whether it's police officers or whoever, that safeguarding is not what it used to be. You know, there used to be um, the four sort of, you know, physical, sexual, emotional neglect. And it tended to kind of get trained and deal with the things in that light. But now we've got massive new challenges on Things like human trafficking, slavery, um, the internet, biggest of all, probably. And how do we get the frontline staff, those those facing the youngsters, the vulnerable, those trying to protect them, absolutely kind of as up to the speed as possible, as best trained as possible, when sometimes we can't even fill vacancies? How do you yeah, feel about it? But
1: it? I mean, I, I often feel um, guilty of the work that I've done, which which is, you know, a paradox and and I shouldn't. But when I come across um, the way in which safeguarding has to operate in even small voluntary organisations, and when I witness, you know, children just getting fatter and not going out to play uh, and having obesity problems at a young age, uh because the parents won't let them out because they're afraid about what may happen in the big wide world. Uh you know, I, I feel bad about that, but I, I shouldn't do because of course um what what we're doing is making our children safer and, and that is laudable. But um the, the mm-hmm. it's a good thing that the, the public are more aware and that parents are more aware it's, but it's it's bad that it, it creates anxiety. Uh, and, uh, and inhibits play. Um, and, you know the, the, the fact that children are, 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 have their heads buried in mm-hmm. smartphones rather than go out climbing trees and, and, and
0: you know. Well, so much is digital. I mean, that's. I mean, the the the, the leading chief constable. I can't remember his name now for um, children or child protection safeguarding talked of not long ago the fact that he reckoned there was at least a hundred thousand, mainly men but not exclusive, but mainly men uh, downloading child pornography up, you know, in their own homes or wherever Hmm. Um, and the police just didn't have the resources to deal with that and he actually suggested that health should take over, which I completely took umbrage at and argued fiercely with him on the radio, but I mean, effectively, it just shows you that, that doesn't take away the fact that there are all these people that are doing things to encourage the trade in abusing children.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we've, I mean it, it, it's pertinent that uh, on the 26th of October this year, the Online Safety Act came,
0: mm-hmm. uh, was given mm-hmm. the Royal I assent. I you had mentioned that, yeah.
1: And that uh, has been trumpeted and uh, politicised to the nth degree, uh, saying that it will now mean that children will be a lot safer um however uh um, the, the 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 devil of inevitably is in the detail um and, and i wrote an article on it recently for my my website uh, abuseforsurvivors.co.uk and abuseadviceforsurvivors.co.uk and um Unfortunately, uh, the act is a watered down version of what was originally planned because originally they were going to make uh, social media platforms publishers so that they were as responsible as the individuals doing the posting uh, for for the content. However, they're they're no longer, they've not been uh, made publishers, but there are, I think, 35 different duties of care that they have towards users of the net, particularly uh, children. Uh, and, and it's a welcome development, um, but it's 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 down to Ofcom to enforce the rules.
0: And that is again another matter because you know, I'm not sure everybody would have total confidence in that happening.
1: No no
0: and um but listen one thing while, while, while you mention it there let's remind everybody i will put on the front page of the podcast you know the text page all the links and everything to do with what you've just talked about We're mainly to your your website you know we'll, we'll publicize we'll put that straight there on the front page a link to it and anything else that you want that you know of coming up or whatever to do with either yourself or the association and, um that I'm just saying that right now, because we're coming to the last minute or two, but I wanted people to be aware that they could actually catch up with things, things like read your article on your website and so on. So, okay. for the last minute or two, Peter, would you say that things are better now in terms of um the numbers of children that we're actually looking after because i I'm a bit well, I was a bit worried. I mean, 20 years ago, every single day there was 50,000 children on what was then the Child Protection Register. Mm. Today, any single day, there are 50,000 children on what's considered to be part of an at-risk plan. Mm. Well, the only difference is there's still, today there's been about to get them there about four times as many investigations.
1: Mm.
0: I, 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 I don't know, what, you know where to start with that, to be honest with you. And I just thought I'd chuck it at you as a final kind of thing so you could solve this $64,000 question.
1: I mean, I think inevitably we're in a much better place in child protection, child abuse terms than we were you know, 30 years ago when I started this. Um, mm. that, that There are many more counsellors than there were then. There still aren't enough. There are many more psychologists with... Uh, Adequate training and knowledge of the different disorders Mm -hmm. that uh, are caused by child abuse. Um, We have many more criminal offenses to cover most eventualities um, and ways in which abusers can abuse children. Um, We have much longer sentences. For child abuse than we did 30 years ago, Um, and we have better trained lawyers and judges than we did uh, so long ago. I mean that that's not to, to to touch the surface of safeguarding and, for example, something that I campaigned for in 1997, the Disclosure and Barring Service. That that also didn't exist. No,
0: I remember our conversations well about that.
1: Um, and I, yeah. I remember the uphill struggle we had uh, to get it introduced. Yeah. Um, you know, uh,
0: well, it uh, wasn't far off. It wasn't far off either. The, the introduction after uh, before that was it, or just after? I can't, I'm trying to remember of the um, the register of offenders.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. That it, it yeah. Mm. There, there was anyway,
0: the- listen, 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 Peter. I'm sorry, we've run out of time virtually. I'm oh. ever so sorry. But um, like I said, everything is going to be on the front page. Um, And I just, I I mean, I want to talk to you much sooner than the next 10 years, for goodness sake. So, I mean, look, thank you very much indeed. Um, Keep up the good work. And um, it's been a pleasure having you a guest on the podcast, Peter Garsden. Thank you. Thank you very much.